Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel reading with special emphasis on the following words of Jesus. Oh, woman, great is your faith. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the fascinating things about our text for today is that the Canaanite woman gets what the disciples don't, that Jesus will always do what he has promised. While the disciples act in a self-serving way, wanting her sent away because they were annoyed by her persistent cries to them for help, kind of like earlier heard that the disciples wanted to get rid of the little children, right? They were annoyed. She, however, is vigilant in seeking help for her daughter. She gets that Jesus is the Christ. And we know that because she uses a very specific phrase that unpacks that. She calls him the son of David. The Christ would be from the line of David. She gets that Jesus has come to set us free from sin, death, and the power of the devil. That's why she knows he can get rid of those demons. She gets that even though Jesus was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, that she and her daughter would become his sheep ultimately by faith. Well, she gets it. The disciples, who should know better, do not. At times, we don't either. We, as pastors, we don't get it. You teachers and staff at Trinity Lutheran School and Sheboygan Area Lutheran High School, you don't get it either. Nor do any of you sitting in the pews of this church. You don't get it. There are times, aren't they, when we just don't get it. That is absolutely true. We don't get that we're no better than anyone else. That our sins are no less damning than the sins of other people. We don't get that like the Canaanite woman, we are utterly and totally dependent on the sheer mercy of God. There is nothing in us that is good since the fall, not even a spark. If there were, we could overcome death, but we cannot. The wages of sin is death, and that's the sentence for us all. Like the disciples, because we don't get it, we get caught up, don't we, in our own self-serving lives. This is why we don't get it at times. We get caught up in what we're doing. And then we'd like to send away those people who are getting in the way of maybe our to-do list or our agenda 
for our own lives. We don't want to be bothered or consumed by other people's problems or difficulties. Quite frankly, there's a limit to how far we will go in helping and no farther. And often, sad to say, it's only when we feel better and yet the person who needs help doesn't get the help. Notice how different, different that is from the Canaanite woman. She will not quit. She will not quit advocating for her daughter until her daughter is well. In parents, we see icons of God the Father, don't we? Parents, you love your children no matter what. Jim, Kim, you love your children no matter what. You'll do anything for them. God does anything for us. Anything and everything. He's our Father in heaven, not our employer. He won't stop until we're helped. She wouldn't stop until her daughter was helped. Notice she wasn't advocating for what she wanted, wasn't advocating to um, have an easy life, wasn't advocating for Jesus to uh, do what was on her agenda. But she went with his agenda, and his agenda is getting rid of demons. And so she would not be denied. The disciples, well, they had their own agendas. They, like us, get, got caught up in the everyday things of life. They, they took their view, they, they took their look away from Jesus and were looking inside and around them to the world. I think it's fascinating last week, right? You had Peter. Peter. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He of all people should have known better. And for a moment he did, fixing his eyes on Jesus, he walked on water, but then he got caught up in the other things like you and I do, right? The wind and waves of a fallen world, of our own selfish wants and our perceived needs, and he began, be, began to sink, right? Contrast that with this woman who, how in the world does she know that Jesus is the Christ? She needed help, and she heard his word, and she heard from that word that he was the son of David, the Christ, and she would not be denied. Now, while we are preoccupied with looking into our own hearts, our own wants and desires, uh, she was not. She was looking after the needs of her daughter. But unlike the Canaanite woman, we think in terms of our rights. Right? We, we talk a lot about that in our world, don't we? We have rights. This is the way and the language and the thinking of the world. I have a right to something, right? We have rights. We deserve certain, certain things and we deserve certain treatment. Now maybe that's true when it comes to the world, but not with God. God doesn't owe us anything except death. 
God didn't owe this woman. He didn't owe the disciples. He doesn't owe you and me anything but death. And yet, yet, we think, as we don't get it, we think that God is there to give us what we want when we want it, on our terms, the way we want it. We don't get, do we, our desperate need of God in Christ. That literally we cannot live without his forgiveness, his goodness, and his life in us. Here's why we get mucked up. Here's why we start not getting it. Is we locate our help not in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, but in ourselves. We're tempted to think, well, we're the good people, right? Well, yeah, we've got all that now. We own it. We own this goodness of God. Well, here's something you need to know and I need to be reminded of too. You don't own any of it. The holiness we have, the goodness we have, comes from outside of us. Extra nos, the theologians call it. It comes from outside of us in Christ. We have a borrowed holiness until the day when we're resurrected and recreated to live in the new heavens and the new earth. Until that day, we are utterly and totally dependent on his goodness and his goodness and his grace and his mercy come to us by his spirit at work through his word. We don't get that we are nothing and we can do nothing apart from him. Remember that? Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, apart from him, you are nothing. You wouldn't have been created without him. We think, though, that life is ours, and we can add God to it if we want, if he serves our own purposes, right? Yet there isn't a life that belongs to you apart from God. There's God, and then there's your life, not the other way around. He's the reality. He's the source and the sustainer of all life. Now, when we see God as an add-on, though, to what we want for our agendas, you know what happens to us then? We fail to see or simply ignore the wants and needs of others. Our rights become more important than other people's needs. Not so with Jesus, right? who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He doesn't demand that we do things for him. He comes and he gives everything away to us. He's our advocate before God the Father. And notice how this plays into the heart and life of the Canaanite woman. She's the advocate for her demon-possessed daughter. Nothing more important than the daughter. She doesn't care about her rights. She cares about her daughter. You see, the Canaanite woman is brought beyond herself in faith toward God to see things as he thing, sees things, the bigger perspective. 
and beneath herself in love for her daughter. She doesn't make demands from her list. She simply asks for what she knows Jesus is there to give. She doesn't insist on her own rights. And she doesn't accuse God of anything. Even, as we see, it seems that Jesus is a bit mean to her, wouldn't you say? She gets who she is, a sinner who deserves nothing. She gets it because she believes the word of the Lord, including the sentence he has declared on us, the death sentence. She just takes that law, takes that accusation, and says, you're right. She knows she shouldn't expect him to say anything when he's quiet, right, and says nothing to her pleas. Even if he said nothing ever, he would still be a just and loving God because she's the one, you're the one, I'm the one, humanity is the one that has destroyed the entire heavens and the earth here in this world, all of his creation, right? So she knows that his silence, that she deserves that, she deserves being sent away by the disciples, right? She is not one of the lost sheep of Israel. She knows that too. And then he calls her a dog. And she doesn't even dispute that. But notice what she says. She says, but yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that come from the master's table. She knows who he is. But she also knows who he is. He's the son of David. He's the Christ. He was set about the by the Father when he was baptized, right? Anointed there, set apart to save us from sin and death. She knows he's Jesus, which means God saves. He's got to do it. It's in his nature. Just like when his mom came upon that, you know, uh, wedding of Canaan and Galilee, they ran out of wine. She knew that he would help because that's in his nature. Do whatever he tells you. And what he says makes us whole again in body and soul. She takes him at his word, the word that taught her that he was the son of David, the Christ, that he was Emmanuel, God with us, to save us. And she wouldn't let him wiggle out of it she knows that he's going to come through. She's gonna, he's going to come through. And that's what you need to know, too, that our Lord will never wiggle out of his word. That's why the most important thing about this church, about Trinity Lutheran School, about Sheboygan Area Lutheran High School, is Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the dead that his word is for all of us, that his word comes so that we get it. And quite frankly, we get it most of all when things are not going well. Then we recognize our need of him. And you need to know at some point in your life, it's not going to go well. But you also need to know that he's going to be with you through all of that.
Theodore was just baptized today. I love his name. It means gift of God, and he is a gift of God. You are all gifts of God. And in holy baptism, he promised Theodore, he promised you, he promised me, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I will have mercy on all of you. Mercy is what I'm here to give. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. When we look to him in that way, we get it. That's great faith. Running only with what the Lord says. When I was a younger pastor, people had this thing that you, you go to the doors of people and you ask them if God were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? By the way, I don't really like any of that part, but, but I came up to, with what I think would need to be said. I would point nothing to myself. I would just say, because you said so. Because he said so. He said, you belong to me. He said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He said, I'm going to forgive all your sins. As far as the east is from the west, so far are your sins. And what he says, he does. When he says that you will have life together with him because he has overcome the world, that's what you have. That's what the Canaanite woman knew. And that's what our Lord is here to make sure that you know and I know that we get it. Our Lord is present here today by his spirit that worked through his word so that you, like the Canaanite woman, get it. That you get that you are set free from the demons, all of the demons of this fallen world by his forgiveness. That you get that he will always do what he has promised. That he will never wiggle out of his word that you get the crumbs that fall from his table. Crumbs that rid you of your captivity to sin and nourish you with the goodness of our Lord's very body and blood, his life that conquers even death. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm.